Welcome, everybody, to the Kingdom Talks. Come to the table. I'm excited. We've got a great group of people. We've got uh, Mick Tolk from over in England, Daniel Lovett from here in the States, and Martin Smith, and Maxine, and Brian. Brian's internet is uh, really kind of sketchy right now, so he's just doing audio. And then uh, Karen, who was busy sharing away, as well as uh, will help me keep up with comments. Uh, if you guys want to look at comments and share what's coming through that's uh, valuable, would love to. I want to. I don't want anybody on Facebook or YouTube to feel left out. So um, definitely share what you're seeing there if you are able to keep up with it. Uh, most of the time I can, but uh, sometimes it gets going pretty wild. So we're still going to keep going on the topic that we were on last week. We spent two hours on it last week. Uh, this week I renamed it a little bit. It's the journey to maturity. Are you God? Um, what does that mean? Because, you know, we're all in different places. And I think it's important for us to understand this topic personally. Just because, um, well, there, there's there's implications, you know. And, and uh, it's just, I think, good. You know, I was reading in a book just recently, just in the last week, you know, you know, pain. Pain is one of the best teachers we have because you can ignore your parents. You can ignore your pastor. You can ignore everybody around you who wants to try to give you some wisdom about what not to do or what to do. Uh, you can ignore all that and you can go through the experience yourself. But when you're experiencing the pain, 
that's something that when it's severe enough, you really, it's really challenging to ignore it. And I guess what my heart has been is I've seen people go down certain tracks and, um, and the end result, uh, I haven't seen evidence yet, you know, of it, of it being a, a good path and that, uh, you know, it can lead to despair and, and, and depression and so much discouragement that people just leave the faith altogether. So, um, having said that, I'm going to, I'm going to let any one of you who wants to jump in and give a, a little bit of a, a, a intro or from where you're at and what you're thinking, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So it's okay. Open. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead, Maxine. Okay. Uh, about a year ago, I had an infected tooth, and I decided I was going to live by faith and not go see the dentist. And I was in so much pain, and I tried quoting scripture, just, you know, everything that I knew to do. And I ended up going to the dentist. And afterwards, God said to me, he said, as much as you wanted that pain to stop, is how much you need to desire me. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And you know, I, I guess another place I thought you might have been going with this, Maxine, and I and I think it could have been said maybe, but uh, uh, you needed that person. God gave that person the the materials and the resources and the expertise to know how to deal with the the infection and the tooth that you the tooth problem you had and that to me is an example of the body and how important it is for us to realize we really need each other um we we if we get to the place where we think we don't need somebody i think that's stepping out of the the relational paradigm where we really do need each other we we love is a key thing and um yeah so thank you for sharing that appreciate that Anyone else? Go ahead, Daniel. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, Maxine, for that. And on your follow-up comment, Gil, it was so beautiful. It was like, yeah, we need the body. And like these verses were like just sparking in my mind about the I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And uh, goodness sakes, I mean, it's it's the the body's been sick. You know, like <laughs> if any one of us is hurting or suffering, then the whole is hurting and suffering right along with it and and just yeah. even that delineation pointing out the fact that okay you're not you know the whole totality of everyone and god specifically designed it this way so that we can be interdependent on on one another and you have a gift to give you have a gift to lend to the body the body needs you the body won't function as a as a complete whole without you and and so we're we're each special in that way but to go to the extreme to where like you know, like I am the whole thing, the whole package. Then, then you get into the existential crisis, like I, I talked about last, last time. Of like, yeah, my goodness, am I the totality of the I am, and I'm just making it all up at the end of the day? And it leads to this existential crisis. That's where existentialism really kind of stems from, mm -hmm. that idea. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, the whole reason we're having this conversation is because Jesus highlighted it in John 10, and then he lends his, you know like commentary on it as well in John 10, which, you know, quoting Psalm 82, 6, uh, doesn't the scripture say, I say, you are God's Elohim is the word there, the same word that's used all throughout scripture to describe God, like in the, in the yeah. singular sense, but it's a plural word. And so like, really, it's, it's pointing to the fact, I believe, and, you know, when scripture says uh, that the father says, I am the, the you know, God is all, and in living in you all, you know, like like there isn't anything that isn't God at the end of the day, even with all its its individual separateness, you know, even though there's a oneness because the Lord, our God, the Lord, the I am God, Elohim, the plurality is one. Right. That's like the from the, the Hebrew like mantra yeah. <laughs> of their faith right there. It's like, right. You know, and so. So it's it's a beautiful mystery, but it, you know it's like okay, well, loving and appreciating other people as other versions of what Elohim, of of God, of of yourself even because you're part of that whole thing too, but not to say that I'm the whole package deal at the end of the day. Right. Too. 
And I, and I think that's so key because, you know, we have really in this movement, our, our heart has been to help people understand who they really are, that they are so much more valuable than what they ever thought. They're so much more uh, powerful and, and so on than what we ever thought, because we are made in the image of God. We are one with him. You know, we, we are everything that he is. We're just not him. You know, and when I say that we're everything that he is, to me, that is that means that that's the understanding that he is in us and he lives in us. We're in him. He's in us. As he is in us, well, then everything he is, I am, but I'm not him. And he will, as I am more and more willing to lay down my life, you know, and it doesn't mean I just lose my identity or that I just, you know, get rid of my desires, and my will. No, he gave me all that. But it's, it's just laying down the selfish parts. And, and almost for me, when someone says, I am God, they're in this power struggle. They're in a place where probably their world is upside down. They're looking for control, trying to, trying to figure out a way. And, you know, I just say God bless them. Because if that's, you know, part of their journey to try to figure out and get, the, get their feet on the ground, okay. But I guess, you know, for me, as a, just a, a warning... Um, and it's not a warning of like, I'm going to beat you up or anything like that, or you're going to go to hell. It's just a, it's just a warning that, like you said, it's likely to lead you to a crisis that is not necessary if you're willing to listen to others who've kind of been there, done that, tried it, realized, oh, that's not, that's, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering too, you know, because I had this revelation even uh, at the outset of the last meeting on this topic about, you know, about Christ in you and Galatians 2.20, uh, which is very interesting. Another verse popped into my mind, Christ, who is your life. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory, uh, Colossians 3.4, which is just fascinating to me. Okay, so like no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Was Paul pointing to an ego death kind of scenario. And I think I think where the problem lies is people get trapped in the ego, yeah. in the ego saying, I am God, rather than the ego death. There you go. And then and then coming into the Christ life, living out of the Christ life. And I and I believe that this is the true awakening. And that everything else is kind of like, okay, you're kind of you're kind of not you haven't gone far enough. You haven't gone to the point of like surrendering completely to to Christ the other which is your salvation at the end of the day this is this is yeah. the gospel that saves us yeah. from existential crisis you know like and I've and I've pondered through a lot of this I've been mulling over this very topic for 20 years which is why I had to come on and 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 just lend whatever insights I have you know uh to the to this conversation and I would I would also lend this like Herod right he was eaten by worms because the people shouted the voice of a God and not a man. And, you know, and, and he didn't give the glory back to God. It says immediately right. an angel of the Lord struck him because he didn't give God the glory. He was yeah. eaten by worms and died. So there's there's a biblical statement about maybe that that ego claiming, oh, yeah, I am God. Yeah. You know, like that whole thing rather than like, no, I'm God. I'm like part of the Elohim this partakers yes. of the divine life based on the promises of God. But but how do I get there? How do I enjoy that? By obeying the gospel at the end of the day. Obeying. And then that, that opens up a whole package of like you have the marvelous gift of unpacking what the gospel really is and what obedience to the gospel really means. You know, and so yeah. that's a lifelong journey for us all. But I think there's like these awakening steps we can take into, yeah. oh my gosh, realizing Christ who is my life, when Christ yeah. who is your life appears. Like that, that's precious and beautiful and it's the other and it's, it's salvation, it's it's wonderful. I think, so you know, I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest differences and I think, and I mean, Daniel said it really well is that we, it really is that ego thing, right? The laying down of the ego and the folks that, you know, we see that say, I am God, you know, they're not folks really that are much fun to hang out with, right? <laughs> because they they take the really more the human understanding of dictatorship and, you know, ruler, which is I'm above everyone else. I am I'm the one you thou shalt do what I say. And when we look at especially New Testament, and 
by the way, they typically are always quoting the Old Testament. Um, but when we look at the New Testament and Christ, it is exactly what we've been saying. It's all about sacrifice, loving as he has loved us, which is sacrificially and coming down essentially to our level to demonstrate the love of God. But again, I think as we concluded a lot last week, that it's it's always the Father doing the initiating. It's always through His source, His power, His initiation. In and of myself, even if I were to claim that I was God, you know, uh, as my own, or if you even go more of kind of the Mormon aspect of saying that, hey, I'll be a God one day and rule my own planet, I still can't create something out of nothing. The planet yeah. I would potentially yeah. even rule is a planet that God the Father, Jehovah, created, right? So at best, I would be a um, really more um, within the council or, you know, have the ability to rule potentially, but it's not, it's not of my own creation. And I think that's the, I think that's the biggest piece of it. But again, it's that humility aspect of it and the sacrificial uh, premise that I think so many miss within that. Um, and the folks that really die to themselves, die to their ego. And, and again, I think, as you yeah. said, it's not like I lose my identity. I'm no longer Martin. I'm something totally different. The truth is I, I retain, you know, my personality, but I take on more and more of the mind of Christ, even though. And this is the, I think the tension is that I have the mind of Christ now fully. I don't lack anything. However, I have to mature into operating out of the mind of Christ. And that's the, yeah. the choice that I have. I can, I can choose uh, sometimes, you know, consciously or unconsciously, right? But uh, I have to mature into the mind of Christ, which means I have to lay down my ego um, and allow his mind that I fully have to really operate through me more and more in everything that I do. And I think that's, that's one of the bigger, bigger pieces in my mind. I like that. And, you know, for me, if, if whatever you're believing takes you away from relationship, in other words, if you, if somebody really believes that they're God and they're it, and that everything around them is a figment of their imagination and their creation, uh, well, eventually you follow that to its fullness and you're it. And so there's no relationship. There's no need for relationship anymore. And yet even in the Trinity, in the Godhead, we see that there's three that are one, but they're distinct and that, you know, we're together, you know, they're together in that and that we're actually part of that. You know, we're a piece of that. And I, I guess one of the things I, you know, just thinking through and, and talking with Father, one of the ways to describe it, I, I kind of, I'm not, I'm not, completely sure about this, but it might work for some people, is a symbiont relationship. Is that, you know, God is in me and he is, you know, he's the one, but, but without him, I'm nothing. In fact, without him, I wouldn't even exist. So there, there, there means, that means there's at least two distinct in me as one. And I have to learn to live, you know, this relationship where I am allowing him to be who he is in me. And when I do that, I actually become the real Gil. And, you know, you become the real Martin. You know, people are worried about if they lay down their life that, you know, they have to lay down all their desires and everything else. No, all of that will come to the, the, the surface in a very strong and powerful way. And as we do this, we also realize how powerful we really are, that God has given us great responsibility, great power and authority, but he's not going to release the whole thing to us as long as ego is still in there where ego is still trying to climb to the top to be the number one or to be the most powerful and and you know again thinking about some of the people that are in this place of practicing or playing with the idea that they're god i i would say that you know many of them are are truly truly searching truly searching but i feel like some of them are also trying to find value they're trying to create value for themselves when in reality if they were able to rest just rest in god and who they are and who he's created them to be that they would find that that's all the value they really ever need and that they can operate from that place in a peace in a place of peace and rest and and it's like game over i'm i'm from here on out i'm i'm good i'm going to grow I'm going to always continue to grow, but as long as I can remain in that place of peace and rest in my identity in Him, 
I'm good. I don't need to be scratching and fighting and trying to figure out some way to get more value or to be more. I'm, I become godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, so I become content in who I am as I realize who I am in him. So, I uh, Brian, we haven't heard from. Oh, go ahead, Daniel. Oh, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say any perspective that hasn't been developed from like, first of all, uh, marinating your mind in the, the scriptures, right? <laughs> they are a guide uh, guide to us and it's like it 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 self-corrects like any kind of notions yeah. we have and it leads you to a joyful end like like you're taken care of you're in the sabbath rest of the gospel of jesus you know oh i can relax you know and then fully come alive you know and i think yeah. I, 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 still many of us even who know the gospel have been studying it for so long still struggle on a day-to-day -day basis because of whatever the attack of the enemy the the uh, the challenge of the enemy. Now, see, the, the challenge is a beautiful thing because it causes it us to there really dive in <laughs> to how beautiful Jesus really is and that beautiful the gospel is, and and where that can where that can take us. And and it's like you you start you start to adopt these things as so precious and they become like part of your uh, what you share with others and you spread yeah. the, the good yeah. news of, 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 of a solution you found to uh, the problems that, that ail mankind, you know? So, yeah, that's good. I like that. Brian, are you still with us? I am. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes, we can hear you fine. Good deal. Good deal. Well, it, this is, this is so cool to me, this whole, this whole thing that we're talking about and, I've really been I've really been pondering a lot, meditating on some things a lot. So uh, I got up this morning. It was interesting, Gil. I got up this morning, and it's stormy here. That's the reason I think my bandwidth is kind of jacked up a little bit, and I'm not able to get on video right now. But anyway, and so I'm looking out the, my kitchen window this morning, and and I thought to myself, was was Jesus God? What what do we think about that? What was Jesus? Do we believe that Jesus was God? And I yeah. think for the most, I think for the most part we we have no issue with that at all, right? Right. And okay, then I'm look again. I'm looking out at this weather going on down here, and I'm going, well, did Jesus calm the storms? Absolutely, he did. Uh, he did that. He was able to do that because he was God. And I have many times stepped out on our front porch. We had a, actually a, a few years ago, we had a tornado that came through our local community, uh, absolutely destroyed the First Baptist Church about a mile and a half from us. And uh, it was coming straight to our home. And Cindy and I and our grandchildren walked out on our porch and we began to speak to the storm and say, no, you can't come here. You, you can't come here. You've got to go somewhere else. And lo and behold, guys, that this, this tornado turned and went about a mile to the uh, south of us. And so, uh, you know, you, I, I think about things like that, Gil. And, I, and then I think, okay, the, the, you know, for me, now I'm just, you know me, Gil, I'm a, for me, <laughs> I have to put aside my, my indoctrination, my re religiosity, and ask some hard questions about this. Uh, like, here, here's an example I thought about again this morning. Uh, have you guys ever ever started to hear a song in your head and all of a sudden you hear you turn the radio on and it's on or, or think about somebody, uh, an old friend from high school or something. And then all of a sudden they contact you or Absolutely. have you ever said these words? I knew that was going to happen. So I said yeah. that to say, I, I really think there's a lot more to us than we are able to see and, and that we will, you know, that we're able to um understand actually so i asked again another question so where is where is god in the scripture first corinthians three sixteen says he the, the know you not that the the, the temp, you're the temple of god and the spirit of god dwells in you and i i got to looking at myself and, th and i'm pointing to my own temples is going and going okay this is where god is ruling from this is the throne and this is his kingdom because uh, luke 17 talks about the kingdom of god's within us right so he's, he's, he exists in the temple, which is, which is who we project into the world, right? And God creates the temple, which is who you project into the world. God exists in his kingdom, which is within us. And so 
it's just a, it's just a really deep thing that we can get into uh, with this here. So, uh, um, you know, if you want to look a little bit deeper, uh, I'm not going to take too much time here, but if you want to look a little bit deeper, um, uh, you guys were talking about the ego earlier. The, the God of the world is our ego, I believe. I think the biblical devil, devil that Jesus spoke of is, is actually the ego of man because the ego is the one that tells you that you're powerless and that you have no control. Uh, your ego creates the God that's outside of you, away from you, far, far out in space somewhere. You can't see, hear, or feel him. And that uh, the ego has actually been the one to me that led us out of the garden, which is us. So our ego has us focused on everything outside of us as opposed to turning within where he is, where the kingdom of God really is, right? Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, that's just a little bit I wanted to share. I, I personally, um, uh, I, I think, you know, Jesus said this, if, if you want to know the way of the father, look at me. He said, he says, I'm the way truth and life. And, but he also said this, and I'll, 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 I'll stop it right here. He also said this, uh, as God is so are we that's first john 4 17 says this herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is in the world so are we so again it's, uh, i think we can go a ton of directions here uh, i personally uh i i don't want when when uh we are in that mode of creation gil I think we are that. I, I really do. I think that we are in God mode, so to speak. I think every time we say I am, that's a creative vibration and power that goes along with that. So we, I, I, I personally believe that anytime we say I am, then we've stepped into that seat. You see what I'm saying? Or sitting in that seat. Uh, now that can be a good or a bad thing. It can be positive or negative. So Again, I, I love this. I love this man, and and uh, I I really enjoy and appreciate everything that everyone is saying. Man, it's it's really cool. Well, we're we're missing some of our people that last week were on here that kind of lean, you know, that direction. Uh, to you know, they're I know that they're. I'm just going to say they're they're experimenting and practicing with the idea that they are God, and unfortunately they're not here. And so I'm glad you're here because I I feel like you're a, a, a partial representation of them to some degree. <laughs> so you know what I would say is uh, I don't think you know Daniel or Martin or I or any of us you know would uh, uh, disagree with some of the things that you just pointed out. You know all the power and authority that that Jesus had. He, I mean he said that we would have that and more. So I don't have any qualms with that part at all. Um, and I, I guess where I, why, why does it make such a difference to me personally, I guess, is that if, if I really am God and, and there's no difference between me and, and Yahweh, and there's no difference between me and Jesus, and there's no difference between me and you, then have I really just created all this in my own mind and that uh, there's really no relationship necessary other than I'm creating this to make, you know, make this thing or, you know, or is it that Yahweh himself being the great I am, the only one uh, that he decided to create and pour himself out into all things. And by doing so, he did it to me. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he did it for the purpose of relationship. He separated us into different things, rocks, trees, birds, animals, Daniel, Brian, me, he separated us all into different things so that we could now have relationship. Um, we had a discussion with somebody the other day, and 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 uh, anyway, I was just saying, if I went to God and, and just said, hey, you know, I want to know everything there is to know about Adina Hodges, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that he's, for the most part, going to say, why don't you go talk to her? Because there's relationship there. If I can just find out everything about Adina just by going to God, then where's the relationship building with my wife? Um, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but I just feel like if we are moving down a road that leads to lack of relationship to where it's just one thing and there's really no separation whatsoever, then uh, I don't get that. I, it doesn't, doesn't resonate with me at all. But if we are one and we're moving together and that... Uh, here's something I believe this might shake a lot of people. I don't know, but 
Uh, I do believe that I'm going to be growing. All of us will be growing through eternity. I believe all of us will grow throughout eternity and continue to grow and understand more of God and so on and so forth. And if eternity is really eternity, then that means if we go through eternity, I personally believe that eventually we would catch up to God as to where he's at now. But by then, he's going to be so much further beyond that we're not ever going to catch him because he is the great I am. He is the creator of all things. But we may come to a place where we look a whole lot like God and are acting and have responsibility as as God is now. You know, I think that's a possibility. I certainly can't prove anything on that, but that's just a thought that I have in the back of my head. So someone yeah, let else. Jump, let, me, let me jump in really right quick, really quick okay. here. All right, so and a, a, a question I asked myself again this morning is who who am I projecting who who uh, who I project into the world is is the temple of God and God is in His temple, right? And 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 the temple. It, this was my point on this on this part, uh, and I think it may it may tie into what you're t saying about it has to be relationship, and I do believe that's exactly true, but. Just like with Jesus, where he said in Matthew, I think, uh, or uh, not Jesus said it, but some guy said uh, when they were accusing Jesus, he said, this guy said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it back in three days. Well, I think that's still true, that the temple, our temple, we can tear it down and rebuild it any time we like. Okay, so I, I think that that comes into play with the relational part that you're talking about, Gil. Because relationship is paramount to building the temple. Yeah, that's good. Good. Uh, anyone else? We've got we've got some new folks on. I think Martha and and uh, Mick that be great to hear from. Yeah, if Martha and Nick, Mick, either one of you want to share anything, please do. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, interesting interesting um i can relate to um you know what both daniel and brian have said particularly you know um there was somebody else i think who spoke and, and i probably can relate to that too but this is what strikes me um what daniel was talking about was you know entering into that rest that's the bit that caught me entering into his rest now you know when when he entered into his rest he sat down and this is like you know that's that's um that's kind of a picture of well you know he's he's ruling on the throne and everything's finished and i believe that that is something that we can most certainly share most certainly because i've had a revelation of that and as i was telling gil earlier on in a in a, a sh another talk that we just had previously um uh, there was a parable that um that brought to mind uh, the ministration of angels. And in this particular story, which was a true story, people were interpreting uh, just the action of the angel. But what God gave me about it was that it was the actual nature of the, the uh, angel's office that was the important thing as a messenger. And he gave the message really that this, this guy, um, you know, who was interacting with the angel lost something and he was tearing his hair out and striving, you know, looking everywhere to find this thing that was valuable for him. Couldn't find it at all. He tried a number of times until he came to a point where he just shouted out the top of his voice. It was a knife that he'd lost, a pocket knife that was given to him by Bob Jones. And he says, I want my knife back at the top of his voice. Then instantly it appeared. Now, uh, to me, the interpretation of that was, well, you know, if you give up all your striving, it's already done anyway. You know, you're, then you're going to enjoy the fellowship with me, you know, in that place of rest, which is something that I, I really needed to know because I've been sadly lacking in the area of rest, as I was sharing with Gil earlier. That's the first thing. Second thing is um, that what Brian said, I, I totally agree with about this. Um, um, as he is, so are we in this world. Yes, we are. Well, he he is. It's not that as he was, as Jesus, it's as as he is, and he's he's not a high priest that's not touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's, if you like, I don't know if he's suffering with us. 
I, I wouldn't be so bold as to say that. I don't know. But he's not touched. He's, it's, it's not that he's not touched with the feelings of our infirmity. So he's sentient and he can feel our, our pain. And so to that extent, um, you know, we are we are sharing that with him. Now, it's not as though the Lord Jesus himself on the throne where he is, um, is going to be subject to uh, temptation. No. But I think that in in um, in accord still with what I said about his feeling our infirmities, um, we we still have those feelings ourselves of temptation, um, weakness, and in the midst of this revelation that I had about the rest of God and just being fully accepted and embraced and loved in blameless innocence, walk in the street as I did, it was just a mind blower to me, and. Yet, that very evening, because it was all so new to me, I, I didn't know any better. I, I watched um, a clip on YouTube or something or other that was about um, one of the old rock stars who apparently, and when people played a record of his backwards, it said the word Satan. Well, you know, ostensibly, there's no harm in doing that. But it was kind of like I was drawn in by my ego, just like you're saying. I was drawn in... You know, it was me that wanted to listen to that. It wasn't Christ in me. It was me that wanted to listen. And I did. Immediately, do you know what? I felt a separation. It was the only separation I felt the whole day. And I racked my brains out as, as to whether I should actually ask God's forgiveness for it. Because, you know, when you've got a feeling of oneness with God, you think, yourself, well, nothing can go wrong. But, but it can. Because, uh, again, we're uh, enjoined in the scriptures, give no place for the devil. Give no place to the devil, whoever he is. And it could well be that, you know, it is that matter of the ego. You know, whatever we believe, that is what, you know, that, that's what we are, isn't it? you know, in our hearts. So, um, you know, thanks, guys. I agree with totally with what you're saying. Thank you, Mick. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. So um, here's a question I'll, I'll throw out. And this is just kind of a thought question for all of us. And that is... Um, why, what would be the implications and why is it important for someone to, you know, to um, say that they are God? I mean, what are the implications of that? I mean, where does, where does it lead to for you if, uh, if you're, if, you know, I guess, why would someone want to say I am God? Um, you know, because to me also, if I am God, then all the oneness scriptures are, you know, they're obsolete. Because the oneness scriptures are about us coming together as one. If there's not two separate things to come together, there's no point of coming together because I'm already together as one. And there's there's no there's no need for that. Um, there's no need for, in my mind, there's no need for relationship because, you know, I'm already all one. We're all one. So I just got to figure out how to control your, your you because you're a figment of my imagination and creation. And I just got to figure out how to fix you. And it, to me, it just it just leads down a lot of funky roads that uh, I just have, you know, some pretty major struggles with. So um, throwing that out there, totally, totally good with pushback and thoughts on it uh, that are contrary to what I just said. So go for it. <laughs> well, I would love to jump in here. And you mentioned relationship and I was struck years ago by the scripture in John 17, you know, where Jesus defines eternal life as relationship, as, yeah. as knowing, you know, uh, my hair is doing funky things with my, sorry, <laughs> that was bothering me. Um, but like Jesus defined relation, uh, eternal life as relationship. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. Yeah. See, there it is, like that they may know you. It's the other, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So it's, it's relationship and it's not just, okay, you, the Father, but it's Jesus Christ. And it's not just that, it's Holy Spirit who's introduced. Oh, it's not just that, it's, it's like the whole host of heaven, really. And at the end of the day, it's your brother, right? Like Jesus being the firstborn among many brothers. Just, I was, I was marveling at what Brian was, was unpacking there. I was like, oh, wow, that all, these yeah. scriptures were going through my mind about, you know, um, 
Well, it's, I was just actually taking notes. Let me just review that. He's the firstborn among many brothers, right? And if he's God, it's like, it's like the, the, the truth of the matter is all of, like, is there anything that isn't God at the end of the day? It comes back to that, you know, like all of creation, it's coming out of him. It is him, you know, that, that God is all and living in you all. You know, like everything is divine, but it's also multifaceted in its, in its beauty and its scope, uh, infinitely so, which creates this marvelous mystery, which I believe, like when Colossians 2 talks about the mystery of God, namely Christ. And then it's, it's talking about Christ being the creator in Colossians chapter 1. It's talking about Christ being the creator in John chapter 1 and Hebrews 1. Christ is, is the creator, the mystery of God, this an endless unfolding of, of uh, the other, of, of infinite, like, ooh, that's a mystery. Like your wife, you mentioned, Gil, a mystery, right? She's yeah. still a mystery, right? Yeah. So is my wife. Like, how do I, how do I find that key? Like, sh sh they make it tricky. Everyone does. Makes it tricky. What's the key to their heart? Towards what? Towards intimacy. Towards into yeah. me you see. And then yeah. they see into you. And it's like the beginning of this, even a, a, like this oneness of like where telepathy is no big deal anymore. The telepathy and emotive uh, transference will be the way we'll commu communicate in the, in the future. We're, we're leading up to that, to this oneness. But it's like, I think it's like this endless thing. You know, it's the never-ending story. And yeah. Jesus, yeah. the Christ, was our Atreyu who passed the guards with the laser eyes and, and what? Gave us a name, a new name, right? Yeah. That that brought <laughs> all the beauty back to oh, this existential crisis that was caving in and just, you know, re you know destroying us. So it's good. Uh, it's good. Good. Anyone else? I think Gil, to me, and you and I talked about this. It's it's the so what factor, right? It's like so what? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Why does it matter? And, and I guess maybe to answer the first part of your question on on the the why, you know, do we elevate? I, I don't know. I mean, I would guess control number one, you know, feeling of to to feel valuable, but really ultimately to feel control. It's like to say, well, why would I want to win the lottery? Because I could do what I want. Right. As far as financial, I mean, let's, let's face it. I, I wouldn't have to worry about money no more, which, you know, for right. Gump, you know, one less thing to worry about, you know, but it, it's ultimately, it's about what I can do with it. I'm no longer limited in that sense. And I think it's, it's the sense of feeling limited. I would, I would guess. Um, and I, and I think it's even potentially, I think it's a, it's a backlash or a, you know, swinging the pendulum too far from, you know, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner, which has been for, for centuries kind of the mentality of the believer is that you're a lowly, dirty, rotten sinner and, and all those things. And I think it's almost we've swung the pendulum in some circles too far to say, actually, no, not only am I valuable, but I, I can become God or I am God, which I don't I, I don't think is is quite it either. But the, the truth of the matter is the value that the father has placed on us is, is absolutely tremendous. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. And I think we see that number one in the cross. And I was just talking to somebody the other day on that, that that was the father's value statement for us. It's, and we typically see it negatively as far as, Oh, he, he died in our place and those things, but it's, it was the value statement of what price he was willing to pay for us. And that, I think that's an incredible value statement. Right. Um, <clears throat> But I think what's what's interesting is, you know, just talk, kind of thinking through this over the last week, I, I love the the, the conversations and in, in that it sparks. But what's interesting is when we look at the Old Testament, there is this concept of the divine counsel. And even Psalm 82, you know, 6 references that. And we see it in Job, right, that the sons of God came and presented themselves, uh, you know, to God. And in right. the Old Testament, it's anytime we see sons of God, it's the Elohim. And you have the uh, the Elohim, which so is is God's. And in the Old Testament, it's always referencing a divine being or an angel. Uh, but there's councils and there are a multitude. But yet God, Jehovah, is the most high God. There's a reason that that language is used. 
And even, you know, I think it's, it's what Deuteronomy 32, it's referencing that God dispersed the nations really at, at the Tower of Babel, basically according to the sons of God. So it's like that was part of this disbursement in the rulership that's there. And so we see that conceptually, the, the sons of God referring to more divine type beings or angels with authority and rulership. But when we get to the New Testament, just like we, you know, many of you guys have been saying, now the sons of God refers to, number one, Christ as, as the firstborn, and then us as believers, as adopted fully into the family, as sons of God. It's a different meaning. And then we take on, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we are a new creation. So the cross, you know, what, I mean, we're still scratching the surface on what happened at the cross and what happened to us. But I think it, it has trans, transferred us into the kingdom, into the family of God as sons of God, into something different beyond human. But I think, as we said, we're still, we're not god in in ontology or in, in and of ourselves but we are the family of god and i think for me yeah. it's it's really that beginning to understand and i'm beginning i would say to understand it is it's the so what well as i is as, as i understand the value that has been raised for me that i'm extremely valuable in the kingdom because of what christ has done and yeah. He has trained us as co-heirs and training us as co-heirs. There is an authority and a rulership that I don't fully understand yet, but that we're beginning to come into that understanding. And if, if I have the ego still pretty active, then I'm a very dangerous and damaging ruler because of the right. authority we've been given. If I've yeah. sacrificed that and the ego, then I'm actually coming in in a restorative process and a generativity process with all of creation, but there's an authority there. And like yeah. I said, I'm, I feel like I'm scratching the surface with it, but I think that's kind of where we can get off onto that. And I think why it's important to understand some of those things, because it's, we're not just going to sit yeah. on clouds and play harps in, in the heavens, right? There's, there's work to do right. and those elements. Well, and I, and I think what you're, you know, what everybody's talking about here is, is so important that we understand it. I mean, um, uh, I, I see some comments on, uh, on uh, YouTube uh, that, you know, some just totally would, they're not anywhere where we're at in the conversation. And it, it's all good. You know, we're all in different places. But, you know, we're at a place where we're grappling with this. We're able to talk about it. We don't need to slam each other down because we think of it differently. We're able to speak in love. And, and just for the, the, the ones that are speaking out there, we operate in love first. We love one another. We walk with one another. Yes. We do not allow what we think we know as far as knowledge we do not allow that to supersede our relationships. And uh, mm -hmm. that's what I'm, uh, you know, everyone that's on the, the Zoom call, I know we're, we're <laughs> on that. We're in that. And I just appreciate that, that we all are able to walk together, even though we have differences, because every single person in the world will have a different opinion than you do. Yes. Uh, and I don't care who you are and, and who you're with. <laughs> you dig long enough, you're going to find somebody is thinks differently than than you do. And that's that's another purpose in having the the differences. Yes. You know, it's another reason for us to be focused on um, you know the fact that we're all here together. We're a body, and we need each other. We have to have one another in order to accomplish uh, whatever it is that Father's given to us. That we operate together. It's the together in oneness. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just not I'm just not clicking with it. And, and again, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm totally open to the, d the discussions all, all day long, you know, so I'm not wanting to shut anybody down. I want to I want to hear and understand, you know, why someone would believe that they are God. And I really honestly, honestly believe it's more about semantics mm. uh, than where we're really at. That That's my mm. that's my deep, heartfelt uh, understanding of it all is that it's really more about semantics Um and and that if we could, you know, as as we continue forth, I think we we would continue to find a, a common ground in in understanding of things. I just I just personally can't say that I am God. I'm everything He is. I have potential yeah. to be everything He is, but I'm not Him. He created yeah. me. I did not create Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wow. um, 
anyone else? I just, I just wanted to share real quick that, um, the Lord was just showing me something as you were speaking, um, about, um, the lost coin and the lost coin never losing its value. And I have to quote, that's actually from Francois de Troy, who wrote the mirror Bible translation. So, um, but I'm paraphrasing what he, what he has said. And, and just the fact I just saw, like in, in, in my mind, I just saw like the lost coin being, you know, this very valuable treasure, right? Like a million dollars in this one coin whatever it may be. That's you. You're, you're worth more than a million, of course. But, but this coin that gets, sometimes gets misplaced or get put in a different place or somebody misuses the coin for, for evil or whatever the case may be, that coin is still worth the same amount. And the beauty in that and the, just the goodness of what God is doing, even in times of, of distress, like this pandemic and everything, we were just talking about the people feeling separated, like you get your vax or you don't get your vax. And, oh, I, you, you must not know, discern the word of God. You know, if you're not, if you're getting your vaccine, you must not be hearing from God. You know, I've heard <laughs> someone say that. And like, you know, the Lord spoke to me. I, I personally am not feeling called to get it yet. But I'm saying like, this is just where I'm at. And if somebody else is in a different place and God is telling them something else, that's okay. And I'm at peace with that. Like there's so much wisdom in just letting it all go. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Yeah. And and it is important for us to be able to, to lay everything down and trust God because (laughs) you're not God. So trust God. You know, that's another thing. It's like, why trust God if you're God? Uh, you don't have anything to, you know, you just look to yourself for everything. Uh, and again, I, I believe it's semantics. So I really want to hear more about about this in terms of um, uh, what we've said so far and anyone who has a, a different viewpoint. So, um, uh, and actually, Karen, is there anyone that has uh, or anything you want to share off of YouTube or Facebook um, no, I just, <laughs> I'm having a conversation on there right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, you know, Nona came on it and she's talking and I, and I told her, I said, maybe the title throws some off <laughs> because at first they're, um, uh, like, you know, maybe there's some opposition to it, but it's not, y'all are talking about oneness and the relationship with the father and not, uh, saying, Hey, are we God? <laughs> so I think right. we've we're got d- that straightened out. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's we're not fun. trying to, to prove that, uh, uh, you know, any one of us is God, uh, <laughs> just simply having a conversation. Cause there, there definitely are, are those people that, uh, you know, believe that in the oneness that they don't see any separation. And, you know, I agree that there's no separation between me and God in the sense that, uh, he never left me. He said that he would always be with me. Um, and so there's never been a separation between God and man. Uh, we wouldn't exist if there was a separation. All of creation, the Bible says, is in him. So you can't get away from him. It says you can go to hell, you can go to wherever, and you cannot escape God's presence. So that's kind of a, a bottom line it, for me in the separation area, that there is no separation. God's always been with us. We've not needed Jesus as a bridge we needed Jesus to come show us who we really are. And that's, you know, and then it comes kind of, it's like a boomerang comes back around and wow, God, Jesus was here to show us who we really are and what we are capable of. And he said we would do the things that he did and much more. Well, guess what? We seem to limit ourselves to uh, the things he did on the earth, but it doesn't say that anywhere in scripture. Jesus Christ created the universe and he's saying that we'll do more than he did. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to go there, but just a thought to really think about. The scripture does not say that uh, we are limited to the things that Jesus did in the earth. And Jesus said we would do much more. So can someone look at that and say, well, I must be God. I would say you're God-like. Absolutely. We're created in his image. So that's, you know, to me, uh, I don't have any argument about that, being God-like. But we got a lot of work to do to get to that place where we are operating as he would operate because he is love. And I think, Daniel, you were saying it earlier. He's love. And, you know, the Bible says that God is light. God is spirit. God is love. Says he's fire, too. 
The Bible says that we are spirit. The Bible says that we are, um, what was the other one I said? Um, light. It says we are spirit, we are light. It says the same thing about God. It says God is love. It does not say anywhere in the Bible that we are love. We are here to learn to love. And guess what? Really hard to love when there's no one else to have a relationship with. You know, if you're the only one, if you're God, again, it's back to that. How do you have a relationship if you're the only thing that exists? You're, um, hey, you're, man, yeah. you're, you're all on it, man. Um, I think, <laughs> I, think um, <laughs> I, I just thought of this, so I'm going to throw it out there, man. And, and so Brian, you know, I love you dearly. I, I so love you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we could sit and have this conversation in person and have a good time having the conversation. And, and nobody needs to win. Nobody needs to win. We can just have the conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. You, you know that's true. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, though, man. When, when the father looks at <clears throat> me, who does he see? When the father looks at Gil Hodges, who does he see? I think, I believe that he sees himself. I believe that, and, and not in our, not in our perfected self just yet, but I believe, I believe that when he looks at me as a son, he sees him, him, himself being perfected. If that sounds, I know that might sound a little weird too, but I do believe that we are, we are the father being perfected in the earth. So he's actually perfecting who he is through us. Does that make any I, sense? I no, I I agree with that. I mean, I've got to share a, a, a testimony experience that I had, you know, with Holy Spirit that uh, you know blew my mind at the moment. But I yeah, you know what? I'm not going to share it yet because I've got <laughs> that would take a whole lot of explanation before we got to that place. But I I am absolutely in agreement that that God is in each and every one of us. He is in everything. It doesn't mean that he's, you know, the rock that I, that I might, you know, could hold in my hand, but he is in that because it says in scripture that he is in all things and all things are in him. So, um, but that doesn't mean I, I start talking to the rock and saying, you know, God, you're so awesome. You know, it doesn't mean I'm going to do that. But at the same time, he is in the Rockies, in the, the air, the clouds, the, the trees, the, the animals. He's in everything, having an experience as that thing. And he's having an experience through me, through you, through every human being on the planet. Yes. He is having an experience. And in that experience, he is growing because, yes. because all of it is an experience that he is going through as well and that he is growing. It's like we're all mini computers and we're all all of our experiences are being uploaded into the cloud to the supercomputer which you would which would be to me Yahweh so he is growing and we are all part of that experience but um so anyway I don't know if that that made any sense but <laughs> I don't know if I made any sense either <laughs> <laughs> but I know that we can sit down and have a great conversation and and we will because I know we're going to see each other here in a few weeks I'm looking forward well, to how it. do you how do you get you know around the cuz sometimes you know when when I hear those statements I hear that it's almost like God's not complete you know I mean I think you could go that that direction with if he's if he is growing and experiencing through me then it's almost like I'm simply just an extension really with no differences. And so I, I, I wrestle with that and I, I don't have a grasp on that really. And I yeah. really, I'm not sure I have even a grid much for it at the moment, you know, but so how, how do you uh, wrestle with that? Or when, when folks hear that, you know, perspective, yeah. what's and, um... your thoughts on that? You know, I would have to, because uh, I, I want to make a statement, but I, I'm, I'm totally saying right up front, I don't know if it's true because uh, I, I can't remember. Um, I, I just can't remember. But I don't know that in the Bible it talks about omniscience of God. Um, I think that is a Greek term that has been brought in, you know, like so many other things from paganism that have been brought into the Christian church. Uh, this whole concept of... Uh, uh, the all-knowing. Now it does say he knows from the, the beginning, from the end. It does say that, you know. So there, there's there's other areas though that it's just if if God does know everything, then we're just in a circular deal, and there's really we're not going anywhere because everything is it is what it is, and that's kind of kind of it. Versus this idea that God can grow, 
um, you know, uh, it just depends. Oh, the other thing, too, is um, some of the time things that we talk about are not necessarily in the Bible, some of them. Some of them are not necessarily in the Bible, and yet we've run with them, in, you know, on assumption. And, and in reality, they're not necessarily in the Bible. Um, doesn't mean it's not true. No, but I'm just saying we got to be careful of the assumptions that we grab onto and run with because uh, they definitely are going to, you know, steer us in one direction or another. Uh, so just some things like that that um, uh, make me think that, that there is definitely... Uh, I remember in seminary, uh, one of the pastors really, or one of the professors really threw us for a loop because I was of the mindset, like you were just sharing, that God knows everything, you know, from the end to the beginning, he knows everything, um, and that he just is. Uh, and then this professor says, you know, we're going to talk today about the day God grew. And we're all like, what? How can that be? You know, but his point was, the day that Jesus became incarnate uh, was a day that God grew. He grew in an experience because he now was incarnate in, in, a, in, a, in a woman as a cell and then would multiply into a full human being. He was growing, you know, and experiencing something. So whether you call it, uh, whether you say he knew that already from the end or, you, or, or however you want to look at that, that there's some time loop that he already knows everything, well, it really is a paradox, total paradox, because how did he experience that and ever go through it without ever doing it? If he didn't, if he already did it, then there was never a time he didn't do it. There, you know, it just gets really crazy. And maybe it's just the finiteness of our human brains that can't wrap around what really happened. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. There's a lot out there. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't get my head around it, you know. But But you're right. I mean, there's... And I think it may be semantics. It just may be I, my finite mind at the moment can't can't get around it because I don't understand the dimensions or even time, those elements. I mean, there's so much yeah. out there. Yeah, because yeah. it even comes around to if he's infinite and he knows all things, then even my relationship with him is kind of fake because mm. he already knows it. He's it's a, How about We've been this? here, done this. <laughs> Good point. Good point. How about... Um, uh, I don't know if it's really relevant, but, you know, it's just crossed my mind. The love of God passes knowledge. Yeah. So, so he humbled himself to become like us and to know things. Yeah. And now he knows them. That's good. I, that is a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about God being outside of time. And... Um, you know, again, that I mean, there's so many different directions we could go. We're kind of at the top of the hour, and if if we keep going, we're going to go into all these other different subjects, which um, maybe we'll look at next time. Because there, um, I'll, I'll call you guys up and talk to you personally to figure out where we want to go when we come back next time. Because I, I love this. I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Um, just having these open conversations—that's what the table was meant to be in the very first place. The table was meant to be a place like this that we could come to. We don't shut each other down. We love, honor, and respect one another, even if we disagree. And we still have a good time because we love each other. And that's the beauty of it, is we can have these conversations and let other people join in. And, you know, every every person has a different aspect. Um, and it's, it's the beauty of hearing the body versus just one person pontificate and tell you exactly what you should believe. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy hearing other perspectives. And so uh, it's going to be a month. We won't be back. I won't be back until the 22nd of June. Um, I'm gone next week and then we're traveling uh, for the next three weeks. So just mark your calendar. Uh, if you can block the time off to come and join us, would love to have you on here because uh, it just it just really means a lot when each of you can be on here and we have an actual conversation, even with different points of view. That's what makes a real conversation is when we can have different points of view and question one another without getting bent out of shape. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. Um, any final words uh, that somebody feels like they really have to say before we go? Yeah, let's give a shout out to everybody on YouTube and Facebook. They've been on fire on here this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been watching some of the conversations there. It's good. It's good. And again, all things are, are welcome. Uh, again, we just don't, uh, you, know, you know, we don't 
bash anybody. We don't put anybody down. We love, hear, honor, respect one another, and um, would love to hear actual conversation, not trying to tell everybody they're wrong or right, but just having the conversation so that we can, that to me is how we get to truth. If we, if we're shutting each other down by telling each other they're wrong, we're not going to get to truth. I have no problem with someone saying, but I really believe this. And you're passionate about what you believed as long as we're not shutting each other down. We, I want to hear the conversation. So this has been fun. It's been good. And uh, I, I don't know that we made any conclusions. So we might have to come back to this sometime, but we'll give it a break for a while. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Everybody on Facebook and YouTube, anybody watching the recording, love you guys. And thank you for participating. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.